0: Learn the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. This is My Alchemical Bromance. This episode was recorded at uh, Oaks Bottom Pub in southeast Portland in, on their back patio, and Nate and I spent a little bit of time getting the sound set up, and then their big walk-in freezer sort of kicked on and ran throughout the episode. I did everything I could to remove the walk-in freezer noise, but there's still a little bit of a background distortion and such. uh, Hopefully you can put up with it. This episode is really good. Uh, It's got Montana Jordan. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to my alchemical bromance. This is Sarah Garnison. I'm here with Nathan Neff and Montana Jordan, who's our guest. And she's an occult specialist, a pagan priestess a paranormal researcher with a specialty in occultism, and she's working towards a PhD in holistic theology.
1: Hello! Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's our, it's our pleasure. Um, Alright, first question. Holistic theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that?
1: <laughs> I get asked that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for me holistic theology is uh, looking at theologically theology from a more global perspective, mm-hmm. so most people assume that um, the academic study of theology is just limited to uh, religion, so in my mind, religion is the baseline, and then theology, the study of theology is above that, and uh-huh. then above that even more so is spirituality. So, uh, theology, or holistic theology, is predominantly the study of all things that make up the the theos, so all things that make up the the study of God. Um, Mm -hmm. So that would be, again, things that um, are not just limited to institutionalized religion, so paganism, Mm -hmm. uh, wicca, Freemasonry, any of those things, but the holistic part of it constitutes a more uh, global, natural, pagan way.
0: Okay, cool. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like I said before we started recording, the first thing I thought of was Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, fits in with the rest of your stuff as a paranormal researcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, if you're a professional, Dirk Gently or something. Um, <laughs> and so I suppose that uh, you, you must have to kind of craft that uh, curriculum yourself, right? So Absolutely. So what are some classes you take or what are some do you, what, do you have a thesis
1: that's a good question not quite yet everything is still in the making mm-hmm. um so i've been busy doing my own personal work that's been keeping me busy this last year mm-hmm. and um, working out uh in the field uh-huh. predominantly. so i um, holding uh, my own personal and professional investigations as well as teaching classes and holding lectures um but uh with a holistic theology um that would um also include uh, studying yoga, Mm -hmm. um, getting more involved in herbal theology and holistic nutrition and understanding how the mind, body, soul really is a one uh, well working component and mm-hmm. that taking good care of yourself physically Taking good care of yourself spiritually Especially for me, how that allows me to do my job even better So if I take good care of myself Then I'm going to be able to, you know Get deeper into that next meditative trance I'm going to be able to do um, a better job Contacting whoever you want me to talk to on the Ouija board So mm-hmm. it's understanding um, that the holistic healthcare And holistic theology is directly related to healthy paranormal research
0: That's a really good answer did you practice that you did practice that okay okay you you didn't even know what the questions was were gonna be Uh okay all right now uh i'm gonna just go backwards up this list a little bit because some of this the of this the third thing paranormal researcher with a specialty in occultism Mm -hmm. assuming i wrote that down right so like paranormal researcher that makes me think of like ghost hunting and Mm -hmm. you know investigating poltergeists or bizarre happenings or strange goings on or Mm -hmm. you know like cleaning up pea soup or whatever right so uh but when you say specialty in occultism is that like somebody calls you and they're like there's some weird pentagram drawn on the floor of my basement can you come and look at it and yeah tell me what it's doing that's exactly what that means so then do you end up i don't know like having like combing through old grimoires and being like oh this is you know summoning azeroth to blah buty, blah buty, blah like yes that sounds kind of cool do. <laughs> do you do you need do, you, do you, do you take interns? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, being
1: a uh, paranormal researcher is extremely, extremely well-rounded. It's a mm-hmm. very vague uh, job title. Yeah. So uh, when I say that I'm a paranormal researcher with a specialty in occultism, um, uh, obviously that means I specialize in all things that are going to be occultic. and. Occultism is a study of all things magical, mystical, and supernatural. Yeah. Therefore, um, by definition, paranormal and parapsychological research work falls under the category of occultism, magical, uh-huh. mystical, supernatural. So um, working, again, talking about religion being at a baseline and then theology and spirituality being above that We're looking at um, basically uh, one big tree with a bunch of different branches. It's all the same. It's Mm -hmm. all coming from the same place. It's just about um, looking at um, every circumstance from a different point of view and being an advocate for the client and being an advocate for the spirit or the energy or the ghost that's trying to communicate with the client and just trying to figure out through uh, different research and method and mythologies uh, the best way to go about it.
0: Okay. Can you give us an example? Like, do you have a story, a cool story? I have some- <laughs> so
1: many stories. I've only been doing this, God, how old am I? I'm not young anymore. I've been doing this for a really long
0: time. I've You're not young. This. Look how long Nate's beard is. <laughs> right?
1: No, <laughs> oh, I love beards. I, I would, if I could grow a beard, I would have a beard. Beards are my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hi, hi, boys. For those of us that can't see me right now, I'm petting beards. I'm walking around petting beards. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, a recent example would be, um, I have a buddy that runs his own paranormal research organization, um, here in Portland, and he had a client contact him, uh, because this person, a homeowner, found, uh, strange symbols on the inside of their doors in their mm-hmm. house after they bought a new house, and they mm-hmm. were all at, they were short, almost like knee. Level like maybe a child drew them like a toddler. Yeah. Um. And uh, my buddy, my colleague, um, said that he didn't know what they were, and the client was, you know, upset, emotional because. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have a misunderstanding, a uh, preconceived notion of what occultism is, of what paganism mm-hmm. is, of what Satanism is, and people always assume that it's more negative than Plus it actually they were, is.
0: You're worried that it was like summoning shin demons or something?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Watch out for shin demons. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the bane of soccer players <laughs> everywhere.
1: Everywhere, right? <laughs> so, um, Yeah, so my colleague contacted me and said that his client was upset and that they had a child in the home and uh, asked me to treat it um, as an urgent-based matter. And so I poured through all of my books and all of my research work, and I'm such a nerd, I love that shit anyways, Uh but I found um, different symbols that I thought looked similar to the symbols that were found in the house and uh, correlated the different meanings and what I thought the meanings may or may not. Uh-huh. represented so um in the end i told them that i didn't think that it was anything to really be fearful of yeah yeah that maybe like maybe wanting to be a cult face maybe like a, somebody that didn't know any better or just drawing something but not so probably actual like just power just,
0: yeah, yeah so like just a kid yeah drawing exactly. shit that makes sense that's got to be a difficult thing to whittle down too but i mean again like you know i mean yeah that's that's interesting. That's an interesting job to have. I want that job. <laughs> yeah, if you do need interns, I'd totally. I'd, I'd help. I'd help for free. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that'd be awesome. Sometimes I I, I need help and. Um, doing what I do, it's so specified that mm-hmm. it's really hard to find a people to trust, that, to work with, and yeah. people that don't have their own agendas, and mm-hmm. um, I've been uh, burned by so many of my colleagues in the past, people that had their own agendas, people that uh, said one thing and they did another, so I've had to learn the hard way over the years what professionalism, what true professionalism really means for me, and I'm thinking about who it is that I choose to work with, and that's why uh, I'm now an independent consultant. So I will uh, choose to work with a student group or individuals if they need me and if I feel that I'm, I'm able to offer assistance. Mm-hmm. But other than that, being an independent consultant means that I just have more free reign to do what I want to do.
0: Yeah, makes sense. I'm going to take a tiny amount of time out to talk about this. I'm, Mystery yeah, beer What yeah, is it, what has a, it? I, I, I have like, no idea. I've, Nate, Nate just picked it randomly, and or maybe not randomly, but
2: somewhat randomly.
0: It smells like apples, so it's probably a sour.
1: Because they look kind of citrusy. Yeah, and. So the boys are over here getting wasted, and I'm drinking seltzer water.
0: You want to talk about your seltzer <laughs> water? Like what is My
1: seltzer water is so wet. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bubbly. <laughs> My seltzer water and beards,
0: best day ever. <laughs> I I have no idea what this is, but it's definitely a sour. I'm going to guess maybe there's some fruit in it, but it has like a, a really tart green apple type thing. So it's got a lot of like, like acetic acidy. me nice smell. All
1: right,
0: yeah, you can taste it if you want to. So it's going
1: to be
0: hoppy? No, there's no hops at Ooh. all. Oh my
1: god, this smells yeah. good.
0: Maybe a
2: raspberry flavor?
0: Maybe a raspberry flavor. Is it a raspberry flavor? Do you know what is it? it probably should be a raspberry flavor. It's the framboos. Oh, really? Framboos. So
1: I assume all the beers on tap here are local,
0: right? You oh, yeah. this Lompoc. is. Oh, I guess we never told anybody yeah. where we yeah. are. <laughs> Don't tell them. We just <laughs> talked <laughs> about those
1: that. too many stalkers.
0: But, you know, it'll take like two weeks for this to come back. You'll be long gone. <laughs> I'll be long gone. I won't be here. <laughs> we are at uh, Lompoc uh, Oaks Bottom Pub in Southeast Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the back patio. So if if you've come here before, you might not have realized that they have a back patio, but it, they do. Yeah. It's and
3: fantastic.
0: Thankfully, nobody else today has realized it
1: that they have. Right? Because we would scare people away with their yeah. subject matter, but i mean, used no, to that. No, it's, it's
0: Portland. It's people Portland are used to weird stuff in Portland. Like, they'd <laughs> yeah. probably be sitting over there talking about Satanism. And yeah. Or politics. You know. Right? Politics is way scarier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> politics is scary. Satanism is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a really good beer. I... I don't think I would have guessed a uh, raspberry, um, which is always a problem when you know because fruit when fruit goes through beer all the sugar gets stripped out, like yeah. the, the yeast eats all the sugar, so you end up with like the flavor of the fruit without any of the sweetness to go along with it. Mm-hmm. And raspberry is like tart to begin with, so yeah.
2: guessing raspberry seems like a cheat. But, and, yeah. I, I figured I'd throw you off because it's got the Belgian farmhouse, so it's got a little
0: yeah, funk. It's, it definitely has some funk, and it's not as. It's not as, like, raspberry sweet as a Lambic would be. Yeah, it's good. It's really tasty. Good job, Nate.
1: Thanks. And what are you drinking?
2: I'm drinking the Kolsch. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. How how is
2: it? It's good. It's actually got a little maltiness to it.
0: So you had the lager earlier. Yeah, which was interesting. So is this less hoppy? This is less hoppy.
2: Um, The lager was more, like I said, like like a skunky beer... Taste to it. Whereas this is more like, it tastes like a regular Kolsch. That's good. It has a little bit of hop, but it's like, you said it was dry hopped at the end, so I can taste just that little finish (laughs) dry hopness. Uh huh. But it's not like a typical disgusting Portland beer. I miss beer. That's way too much. Soon, right? Soon you'll it's,
0: get beer right, again. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm, I'm gluten-free, so I have to be careful about oh, the beer I drink anyways, but um, Portland actually has really good gluten-free beer options. Yeah. so, yeah.
0: yeah. And there's always, I mean, there's some amazing cider in Portland
1: Yes, yes I'm a cider girl Absolutely yeah. I just have to watch it I get um, I don't necessarily get drunk When I drink cider I get really bad Like sugar headaches <laughs> So <much> sugar <laughs> I'll get like a sugar high
0: <laughs> You should uh, There are really dry ciders
1: I'm not a big fan of dry ciders like, Oh, so you're just me, screwed I'm just screwed, right? Um, dry ciders to me Feel uh, hoppy um, They uh-huh. upset my stomach So it's just oh. like, the same As if I were to drink A, a hoppy beer maybe. Oh Yeah Huh
0: Well, that's
1: rough (laughs) Tough luck, Montana
2: Yeah (laughs) Okay, so so, I'm going to get back to the paranormal investigation and research stuff Yeah Um, So I was really curious, in in your pursuits So you you come in with more of a broad idea of spirituality When you're investigating a a location or a circumstance Um, Does that help to establish what is going on there? Or do you often encounter like a more common theme to, like, the location, like some kind of a egregore spirit that inhabits it because of, like, a, of a pre-existing energy?
1: That's a, an excellent question. Um, I would say that coming, for me anyways, um, because I'm an aspiring theologian, I can't call myself a theologian yet because I don't have my Ph.D. yet, but looking at things from a theological perspective, um... Coming into every case, whether it's something personal, if I'm doing a personal reading for somebody, or whether it's going to be more uh, professional, uh, conducting a full scale investigation at, uh, let's say, um, a few months ago, um, I was asked to do a full-scale investigation at a Kells Irish pub in downtown. Um, oh, in cool. Yeah, I felt <laughs> so special car. because um, apparently they don't just let anybody do that. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, Wait, I think
0: I heard stories about that. Did we yeah, hear I stories did. about I that? The, I yeah. heard the story yeah. on the side of it. Oh, yeah.
1: So, yeah, that was with um, Doug of uh, Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: that was a
0: lot of fun. I like that podcast. Yeah. He's I, I, have, cool. I have not met him, but that's oh, cool.
1: Well, you'll have to meet him all. We'll no, we
0: we actually know together. some of the Kells people. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: cool.
2: So I've, yeah. I've actually talked to employees, and I, I know some of the employees there, so I've heard their encounters with spirits that they've believed to be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, curious to know what you, what you came across there. Oh,
1: my goodness. Um, that night was so much fun. Um, I brought in. Um, my uh, colleague Lester there was Doug and um, Andy and then we brought in our friend Rose and I loved that we had a very small team it makes it easier to account for the the live bodies where they are and what we've got going on so mm-hmm. we were fortunate enough to um, oh and the manager was there as well um, but we were fortunate enough to work on all three floors so we were down in the basement bar in the cigar bar mm-hmm. and uh, we had two people down there and then two people on the main floor where the bar is at and then two people above in like the private uh, party sector yeah, area. And, like, banker women, um, yeah so uh, of course, um, uh, you know, being being the fun girl I am, I brought in you know my Ouija boards and my tarot cards and my pendulums, and then uh, Lester, who's uh, more um, technologically minded, mm-hmm. um, he was setting up um, his laser grid. We set up you know all visual and all audio, and you know we had a, an obelisk EVP recorder. So we were um, so to answer your question, we were um, coming at this investigation um, with a the biggest, the most uh, well-rounded. Um, point of view hitting all areas possible, scientific Mm -hmm. as well as metaphysical Mm -hmm. and um, that to me, after all the years of uh, working in the field of paranormal and parapsychological research, I think that that's a decent way to weed out the legitimate and the illegitimate researchers and people that are um, willing to step outside of their own comfort zones and work with different pieces of equipment Mm -hmm. and, you know, not just a a different camera, but a Ouija board or something that's going to be more occult-based, something that's going to have... more of a uh, divine um historical meaning to it because right. we don't necessarily know you know what it is that we are going to find so we need to come in prepared you know like some somebody may not want to talk to the evp recorder somebody may want to talk you know through the board so yeah yeah um so anyways yeah um we got activity uh immediately um right away um all night long it was a lot of fun um we had uh, personal encounters personal sightings uh-huh. we each saw something and i saw several things people and then um i'm a toucher so i um i'm always being touched so that's oh, yeah. a method that i use and i let that um when i go to a new location i will verbalize that because um, i'm a very touchy-feely person naturally so that's one way how for me to communicate, so mm-hmm. I've learned to expand on that. And if I am conducting an investigation, I'll say, you know, my name is Montana, this is why I'm here, you know, this is my intention, these are my friends, and this is what we're doing, this is what this equipment does, you know, if and when you're ready to talk, you know, please, you know, do this over here, and, um, then I'll say I'm a toucher, you know. Feel free to, you know, poke me, feel free to, you know, pull my hair or tug on my shirt, you know, let me know that you're around. So just oh my gosh, getting need touch, 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 touch. So that's fun for me because uh-huh. that's, that's the, that energy connection, that shock. That's what I need. And,
3: and did you
0: get a lot of it at Kells? Did Kells seem yeah. particularly haunted, inhabited?
1: Um, I'm not a big fan of the word haunted. Uh-huh. Uh I like to say that it's paranormally active. Um, So let me back up for a second. To say that something is haunted, um, essentially everyone and everything is haunted. Energy is all around us. It's been scientifically proven that we're made up of energy. It's been scientifically Mm -hmm. proven that energy cannot be destroyed. So we know that means when we die, when we shed our physical bodies or physical biological vehicles, we know on a scientific level that that energy only transfers and alters. Therefore, we know that we don't die it's technically been scientifically proven that there is no death we're just trying to figure out what that means and what that transition entails and how to garner evidence of it hence paranormal research work Mm -hmm. um so uh to say that um a building is haunted every building is haunted every everybody and everything has energy in it
0: i feel like haunted also has kind of a negative connotation i think when people talk about haunting they're talking about something scary like out of a horror movie exactly yeah Yeah. that's
1: exactly what i was just going to say next she took the words out of my mouth um to say that something is haunted, I think it um, connotates something more negative, something more sinister, uh-huh. and um, I like to stay away from a certain terminology that is also um, more Christian-based, because it's That's not about Christianity, true. it's not about religion, it's about theology and anthropology mm-hmm. and history oh, yeah, and doing spirituality.
0: You? Doing good, how are you? No, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, We're recording, but you, we'll totally <laughs> cut you out. Was <laughs> <Thumbs up. laughs> uh, the
3: excellent bartender? And, yeah, we scared him. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. He's like you're talking too much. <laughs>
3: okay, <laughs> sorry.
2: <laughs> no, he'll be haunted. So I, <laughs> I would think that the uh, the spirits of Kells would be very touchy feely, just given the nature of Kells. Because it's um, a friggin' meat market? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a couple of the bartenders I know there. Um, but uh, did, did, it, did it seem to have the energy of the Book of Kells? Was there anything that was necessarily like European, spiritual, in that nature? Or like, not- have they brought that energy to this place by, by doing what they do annually there, and the rituals and the stuff that they kind of do through? So that's a good Irish question.
1: That is a great question. I was hoping, and um, I'm Irish. I recently did the DNA testing. I'm a lot less Irish than I told I was, so I'm a little upset about that. But <laughs> I'm not more Irish
3: than I thought I was.
1: <laughs> oh really? Yeah. You look Irish. Um, but uh, so I was also hoping for that because um, I was, you know, brought up being aware of Irish culture. Um, I did not necessarily come across anything that I felt was distinctly Irish, which was interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But um the point if you listen um to this particular podcast, I think when did we trying to remember when we actually investigated and then we were released the we'll Doug release a podcast uh, for Samhain, so for October
0: last year. And is um, it on Kick Ass Oregon District? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. Well yeah. we can we can find it and put it a link to it in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um and we uh what Doug was doing, um, he was. We uh, wanted to investigate Cal's Irish Pub from uh, a historic uh, perspective because uh-huh. he's a historian. And so, what he wanted to do was uh, find evidence that a fire chief uh, Campbell was still there, a fire chief that yeah, died. He's one of
2: the spirits. Yeah. Oh, exactly. uh, really? Yep.
0: And so, did you?
1: Um, I did not find anything distinctly like i didn't have somebody pop out and say boogity boogity i'm chief campbell uh-huh. however we did get a lot of uh, very consistent very pattern evidence through a lot of different devices all night long that um accumulated with personal experiences lead me to believe that that place is absolutely paranormally um, active and i have no reason to believe that chief campbell is not there
2: yeah, there's been reported uh, sightings of his apparition in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yep. I actually saw three different gentlemen um, oh. when I was in the basement. Uh-huh. And one of the guys, um, when you uh, go down um, the stairwell, it's uh, one of the first I think down in the cigar bar down to the right, you know, you've got um, the, the wall and then a couple of the, um, like, storage doors, and then the, um, like, the, I think it's a wine cellar all the way back. There was a gentleman that was hanging out um, behind one of those closets, behind one of the doors all night long, and he knew that I knew that he was there, but he still wouldn't come out. He wouldn't come out. He wouldn't
2: come out. So that's more of the Shanghai Tunnel area underneath yes. there. Yeah. yeah. So, so then...
0: I don't know if this is a question you know the answer to, but you probably have some suspicions. When we die, what what is it that remains behind? Like, what is it that that like if you had found uh, Fire Marshal Campbell, was that his name? yeah. Yeah, if you had found him, like, is it just like elements of his personality that linger? Is it just like some sort of weird residual shell? I mean, it's not like like what is it that's there? What 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 sticks around?
1: That is an excellent question. My professional opinion is, I have no fucking idea.
0: <laughs> do you know about um? Do you know about the uh, like the ancient Egyptian model of the soul, mm-hmm. where where it's split up into I don't know, like five or six parts, mm-hmm. and uh, I can never remember. I always get all of this wrong. but There's like a, the ka and mm-hmm. the ba, and like one part of it is sort of like the shell of your personality, mm-hmm. and it sticks around in the material. And is the thing that has the potential to be like a ghost or an apparition yeah. that that remains the scene of you. No, that's something the else. Organs, that's like guts. In the okay. yeah, that the car or whatever the organs, part it is. So that, ready for the next that part life. can't go very far from the physical yeah. remains or yeah, the place of death the or something.
3: Either. We're have to yeah. Look
0: that up now. But then there's another part, and it's still just another fragment, which is the one that goes into the underworld and mm-hmm. gets like tested and has its heart weighed against uh, the feather of moth and stuff. But I'm just wondering, like do you think it can't be it can't be the entirety of consciousness mm-hmm. can it
1: um consciousness means something different to everybody hence consciousness yeah, yeah. it's going to be right, um, right. very individualistic it's going to be self-defining mm-hmm. and a true spirituality is ever-changing so let's say um I'm going to have an experience today that's going to shape my opinion of what consciousness means to me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, it's important to remember to have a healthy balance of skepticism and open-mindedness.
0: That's very consciousness lawyer-esque. That was was a good good escape.
1: (laughs) Um, But I... I think that there is a universal inner consciousness that we're all connected to, Mm -hmm. and then if we're going to break that down and look at individual pieces of consciousness, um, we know that, uh, well, I think... Again, talking about um, holistic healthcare and um, holistic theology—the mind, body, and soul. You know, looking at um, spirituality and theology and religion from a, a very archaic Eastern tradition point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being taught that the mind, body, and soul are one, and that all of those components—you know—need to be fed and they need to be healthy in order for you to be the best version of yourself. So, what happens after one of those components goes away? What happens after you shed your physical body? You know, it's very, I think, narrow-minded and um, limited thinking to say that we only have one facet of our soul or our energy or our spirit or essentially what we would call a ghost you know who's to say that because from a parasy- parapsychological point of view um i believe firmly that ghosts and spirits and energies are telepathic i think we're all telepathic i think we all possess parapsychological capabilities um so who's to say that when we finally shed you know our, our human meat sack that we have these um we're able to tap into these abilities, and we're able to actually project better, and we're able to go here and go here and do that. It doesn't necessarily mean we're limited to, you know, being like in, you know, our, our little spirit, our little soul, our little bubble. That who's to say that I can't send a part of myself over here? Well, I'm over here doing this, mm-hmm. and that um, could be, you know, definitive of time travel, um, reincarnation, uh, doppelgangers. That would explain uh, a lot of the. Um, uh, confusions, a lot of the uh, contradictions that we're seeing. That again, uh, religion or traditional spirituality can't necessarily define. Which right. is where we go back to holistic healthcare and Eastern tradition, and then paganism.
0: hmm Okay, that makes sense. It's kind mm-hmm. of almost like we're stuck dealing with, you know, the dimensionality of the material world while we're interfacing with it, right? So, mm-hmm. like when we're here, we have to deal with, you know three dimensions of space a, a fixed dimension of time that we can't like escape from or go backwards yeah. from or anything exactly. like that. And then,
1: and we have to maybe, eat. we have yeah. to sleep, all yeah. that stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah exactly. we have to poop. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. It's dumb. And then, um, of course, which leads to, um, the other, uh, spectrum of, uh, spirituality in, uh, what you were just talking about, interdimensional work, um, uh, leading into interdimensional beings and mm-hmm. ETs and, uh, So understanding that what i just said by definition if when we shed our human body and then we've got you know more wiggle room we're able to we're not limited you know by the Mm -hmm. actual you know physical laws here on earth um we've got more room to you know go there and go there and do what we want to do that's essentially what uh we believe et's are able to do they're able to transfer in and out of different planes and different inner dimensions so we're not that different from them we're just still trying to figure out how to maneuver um, being spiritual beings inside of our physical bodies.
2: <laughs> like it. it's like the the second retirement. So you know how retirement. You get the RV, you start traveling around the world and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So you just you're retiring from your body and you start traveling around yeah. the universe.
1: Yeah. And and for for you... our listeners, when I laughed just now, like the looks on these
2: boys' faces—they're just like, "What?" the fuck? Like. No, I was silence. thinking, I. I... <laughs> Yeah, that's actually to get a what the fuck out of either one of us is going to be pretty tricky. But...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like I I listen to what you're saying. I I I like a lot of the. I feel like a lot of your language, and and I mean, I understand that, you know, if you're working towards like a traditional PhD, you have to do this just because of how our, our you know, academic system is set up. But there's like a lot of the language seems to be couched and I'm almost I'm almost like. I don't know. I, I have to think about this for a second. But like, there's a, there's like a materialist bent to some of it, but almost in an apologetic sense. Like you're just sort of saying, like, I'm not really a materialist, but here's how a materialist can can deal with this shit. <laughs> but then also, uh, there's also like this sense of dualism, right? Like you have a sense of uh, the material and, well, but no, you don't have that. That doesn't make sense either.
1: Well, to um, respond to the materialism um, comment, to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual being, and I'm stuck in my human body, and mm-hmm. I'm not very happy with it. However, I'm going to do, you know, the most I can with it. So yeah. I, I know that I'm able to get into these deep meditative trances, and I, every time I do one, I get a little bit farther, and that's so exciting, and how wonderful. But at the same time, I come back, and I'm like, shit, I'm still in my human body. You know, like, this This sucks. Like, I want to be able to, you know, be up here and float around and talk to this person and go do what I want to do, but I can't because I'm limited. And it's Mm -hmm. very frustrating. But that's why, you know, we take advantage of, you know, our time here and take good care of our physical bodies so we can do our mind work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're getting a ritual high. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Got to walk in both realms at the same time. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not mm-hmm. just paranormal research work, because what, what you said, um, Eric, at the beginning, um, talking about uh, ghost hunting. You know, paranormal research work is not limited to just ghost hunting, but that would be um, stepping over the lines to paranormal. I mean, mm-hmm. psychological research work, talking about psi abilities and what they are and who has them and um, how it is that we acquire them and execute them.
0: Hey, what, so what about psi abilities Like, do you, so you think everybody has all of it? I, I mean, I feel like that's probably true. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, maybe maybe mainly because of how uh, how materialist, like, the, the default philosophy of our culture is, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people ignore all that shit. Like, they don't pick up on it, or they don't know how to talk about it, or they yeah. don't know how to experience it, or acknowledge the experience. But, like, what do you think, what's something that anybody can do? Like, what's the easiest, quickest thing?
1: Good question. Um, a go-to for me is meditation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it takes a while some days I suck at it some days I can't just shut myself up on the inside mm-hmm. other days you know I, I go right to where I want to go um, so it's like with, with any skill as long as you practice and you figure out what works for you Um and with meditation, it doesn't necessarily mean you're limited to, you know, sitting on your meditation cushion. For some people, they meditate best when they're hiking alone yeah. or, you know, swimming naked in a lake or, you know, camping and communing with Gaia for a weekend on a mountain somewhere. Um, so whatever your personal meditative state is, you know, wherever you feel the most at peace and in touch with Gaia and in touch with yourself and your own spiritual energy and then however you can access that and get to your quiet physical place so that you can find mm-hmm. your loud spiritual
0: self yeah I like I, I enjoy walking meditation a lot I yeah. think that's a, that's a good one um, but, what, but that doesn't necessarily I mean that'll allow a person to start to listen to themselves more yeah. for sure the introverted. Huh? The
2: introverted I think empathy is the extroverted
0: you think empathy is think the think extroverted? empathy
2: is the basis of, of learning to be a, an extroverted spiritual person yeah can you I mean, as you're dealing with other people's yeah. emotions yeah, and yeah, so feelings. You're, it's yeah. learning to empathize and, and to relate to where they're coming from and then I think also that reaches back into what you're talking about with doing paranormal research you have to kind of imagine what could have transpired in these locations and what would be the residual energy and who could be here mm-hmm. and what was their, their state of being mm-hmm. and how can you empathize with that mm-hmm. and understand what exists there now absolutely,
1: I'm glad you brought that up because um, that's actually a really important component of paranormal and parapsychological research work that a lot of my colleagues don't talk about is something that doesn't get brought up very often so I always try to make a point to verbalize it and try to get people to remember it you know if I keep repeating things people are gonna get you know sick of me and they'll remember um but that doesn't is... work for me <laughs>
0: you're not sick of me yet oh no no I'm just saying like people just start off sick of me
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> the rules are reversed. yeah this isn't working Eric I gotta go <laughs> but I'm um, looking at things um Uh, what you're talking about from an empathetic point of view, uh, going into um, any sort of investigative or personal uh, casework, looking at it from the point of view of the spirit or the energy or the ghost. I don't necessarily like to call them ghosts. I'll say energy or spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, But being an advocate for them, being an advocate for that person who... Uh, may or or may not be super confused and Mm -hmm. you know trying to figure out what it is that that they've got going on and then they you know spot somebody like me who they know can see them and hear them and then it's just you know that that language barrier just trying to figure out what's going on and a lot of times it's not necessarily like verbal language or even body language it's that that language that that we don't yet have really a term for it's what you feel it's Mm -hmm. it's that, that empathy and um uh they uh, for me um i see i see pictures i see uh they come and come and come and come and then mm-hmm. if i if i don't pick up on something they'll leave it there and it'll they be stuck
0: there for static me. pictures
1: um sometimes but usually they're they're very clear and the the more i mean I do, do they this... do
0: they move or do they stay still um, are they still pictures or moving
1: good question both I think it depends on, because um, everything is circumstantial, it depends mm-hmm. on what it is that they're trying to communicate to me, and it also depends on, um, their strength level, mm-hmm. you know, they're not gonna have, um, a lot of energy or a lot of strength, they'll try to, you know, like, boom, 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 boom. you know, this is mm-hmm. what I, I need, and then I have to pick through it, and figure right, out what right. they mean. but, okay. anyways, talking about empathy, just, um, remembering to be an advocate that, um, I'm not just going in to try to make my client happy. I'm not going to go in and investigate. And I'm certainly not going to tell my client what they want to hear. I'm going to tell them the truth. You know, this is what I found. This is what I did not find. Um, But I'm also there to be an advocate for the spirit. You know, I need to try to remember to step outside of myself and outside of my, again, you know, my material body, my human body, and Mm -hmm. try to understand um, what this person, what this energy might be trying to say and to come into it um, in a very loving and a very holistic manner and understand that, you know, nothing needs to be fear-based, nothing needs to be limited or categorized, and it's just one energy connecting with another. And oftentimes it's really that simple. And I think when people try to uh, convolute everything with religion and titles and categories, that's when shit gets ugly and nothing gets done.
0: Okay. I could see that. Well, especially if you come at it with sort of predefined things, right? But you still, do you ever try to Sort of categorize, not based on sort of like predefined categories, but sort of go in and be like, okay, I've experienced this thing before and I've experienced this thing before. And they, you, you come up with your own categories, you know, like Ghostbusters. They'll have like a, a class four free floating thing, right. whatever, whatever they were called, you know, I, right? Yeah, I wish it was that simple, but no. Yeah,
1: no. Do you um... think it
0: will get uh, to that point? Do you think there will be a point at which we can? observe or experience paranormal stuff uh in a way where we can start to categorize it or start to understand enough that we can break it down into something more concrete or more definite that's up there
1: um we already have a lot of categories but um with every advancement we make we are now realizing that we need to redefine a lot of these things so mm-hmm. we're like oh we were wrong about this oh we didn't know this so that's wonderful because it's, it's an organic study so we yeah. need to you know um, to give ourselves permission to, to be ever-changing and to say oh i was wrong or i don't know and move forward but um with the uh, categories we can uh, continue to break things down um, in a scientific manner and put things in categories and put things in charts and graphs. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I think that's beneficial when you're actually working, let's say, an eight-hour overnight investigation. You want to chart and graph it because you're looking for patterns and you're looking for different things that correlate with, with other things. However, from a more, to answer your question, from a more holistic or from a more global point of view, I think that categorizing and titling and labeling I think only limits us In our education Because if I put a name on something right. That means I boxed it That means I put yeah. a name on it That's what it is And that means that um, I'm not paying any more attention to it I'm not giving it permission to grow mm-hmm. And right, I don't right. have permission to do that That's what mm-hmm. spirituality is like. It, it's self-defining It's going to be something different every time So Set. I'm not a
0: big fan of labels it goes back to the holistic idea
2: What about the idea of like using like the Jungian archetypes Not really as a way of categorizing But so much as just kind of Putting a, a, a an understanding, a comprehension on the, the subject matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we we have to do that for scientific reasoning, so that we can go back and and again, you know, oh, this is you know what what mm-hmm. I came across you know six months ago on that investigation, and this is what this means. So, you know, yes, there needs to be um, some organization, but um, I don't like categories or labels. And for me, I also think that that's uh, me looking at things through a, the- a theological lens. If um, I allow somebody to put me in a box, like, oh, you're scary. I, I don't know what you do. Like, people do this with um, pagans and witches and satanists. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily understand you. I'm going to put put a label on you. You're satanist. You are now something bad. So you are now over here. You've been labeled, and now that I've labeled you, I've identified you so I can feel better about myself. So I'm going to file you away and then move on with my life. Again, that's limiting. That's not education, and that's not true paranormal research
0: work. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, I'm going to get another beer. Okay. Would you like another beer, D? My Alchemical Bromance is sponsored by Miskatonic Books. Miskatonic Books is an online bookstore that focuses on rare, limited edition, and custom-made books of the highest quality. They specialize in books on the occult, ceremonial magic, Freemasonry, Rosicrucianism, Hermeticism, and other topics of interest to you, our listeners. Check them out on the web at miskatonicbooks.com. So, you guys honor Masons together?
1: That's what you Yeah, that's how,
2: you, okay. yeah that's how we met. Um, the lodge that disappears is not close to the recorder. And
1: what lodge do you guys go
2: to? Uh, actually, we're members of several lodges, but our primary lodge is Esoterica. That 27. At? It meets in Milwaukee. Oh. The Milwaukee Lodge down there.
1: Where's that in Milwaukee? Other than Milwaukee. It's on Main
2: Street. Um, right in downtown. What right across from the it's it's an old kind of uh, uh, kind of almost Middle Eastern revivalist stucco structure. It has a little parapet that sticks out from one end of it. It's about it was built in the nineteen twenties. Um it's right there on the corner as you, as you if you turn off of uh what is it milwaukee avenue onto main street yeah. it's there like a block in okay at that yeah. intersection right there i
1: must have driven right past it today i went and picked up um my mountain bike from um the missing link i had them tune it up so okay. i was driving around looking for a parking spot because yep.
2: they have yep. the thingy today yeah right there yeah they, they do the saturday markets or sunday market whatever it is yeah i
1: think this is the first one so,
2: we had, originally I had joined uh, Washington 46, which is a lodge which meets kind of a, uh, on Powell, like right at the intersection of Powell and Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, it was a good lodge, but it, they departed from a lot of the esoteric stuff that they were doing at the time, a short a few, few, after, few years after I started there. And there was another lodge, which is Esoterica, which is kind of like this pursuit of esoteric knowledge within... Freemasonry Mm Lodge, so we discuss a lot of Theosophical stuff, a lot of theology Philosophy um, Psychology, spirituality, all gets Constantly discussed in different uh, Presentations at our Lodge meetings And so that one was kind of more home for me Mm -hmm. And so I moved over to that one And then later ended up working At the Scottish Rite Building in downtown And then now I'm actually the the Building and Facilities Manager for the Scottish Rite Building Down there, which I was going to say, it's kind of interesting to do occult research We've had a number of occult researchers Come through and investigate, actually paranormal, obviously. Um, and they've had some interesting responses. The last group we had was the Oregon Paranormal and Occult Research Society. The only problem I had with them is when I interviewed all of them, and they came in, because I, I didn't arrange this, somebody else arranged them to come in, but I was the person who was the building steward. As I was interviewing each of them, and I'm like, you're occult researchers, So, what occult groups are you guys in? And one of them was like, well, I'm in true And I was like, okay, who else is in the occult? Mm-hmm. Nobody else was in the occult. I was like, "That's really weird that you're in a cult research group with one occultist." Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a little strange, but um, did you did, let them investigate? They, I let them investigate. I kind of so, walked around with them and tried to help them.
0: Didn't like one of them find a ghost in the women's bathroom? <laughs> there was the there there. Cool, They had a
2: telepath with them or a. I don't know she was. But Wait, a tele-
0: like somebody who claimed to be a telepath? She
2: tele- claimed to be a telepath and uh, she could see spirits. Mm-hmm. And um, so she found a number of spirits in the building, but the problem is that they didn't match up. They, her, her time period of when the building existed and the spirits and entities that were there didn't make sense. And then some of the the experiences she related, was relating of what these these entities were going through didn't make sense. Um, so it's a hundred it was built in 1902. So it's a 116 year old building and That's so um, cool. yeah and it's it's really cool because I, I mean i i'm there all the time and the whole thing to me is this is this is the energy of masonry and, yeah. and the spirits that are inhabiting this place are all my my brothers and, yeah. and my com- comrades and, mm. and 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 so if there is something there and they do reach out to me they're reaching out in a, in a way that i believe that they're trying to teach me something because i believe very strongly and kind of the the voodoo loa ideals of the teacher spirits. Mm-hmm. They may be malicious, may, they may be spriteful, mm-hmm. but they're trying to teach you a lesson. Mm-hmm. And so if there is anything there that's trying to, to do anything, it's trying to do that, it's trying to teach me, um, or educate me, or get me to experience something that I wouldn't necessarily have done. Mm-hmm. And so um, they came in and investigated there, and their telepathic person, um, the, uh, if I can remember all the events, so they, they, there's a, a woman, um, who had fallen down the stairs and died, and she was in a in our building. In our building, that's what the claim was. Oh, I, I, I know of a, the actual only reported death in our building, and it wasn't a woman. Um, oh, so this is what this group was. This telling is what you. the group was okay. telling me. And uh, she had been dressed in. She said she was. It was. It was the Victorian era, and she'd fallen down the stairs in her dress because the dress had tangled her up and caused her to fall down the stairs, and, and she broke her neck and died. I was like, that's interesting, because the Victorian era is a little bit before when this building was built yeah so maybe it could have been a revival or something or a costume party or something like that yeah the only problem is there's only one reported death in the building and that was one of our members who had a heart attack in the in the, uh, in the elevator in the process of getting him out of the building to try to get him to the paramedics and he died in the elevator so it was a very modern time in terms of when the person transpired in the building this is the only known death um, another set of ghosts was reported up in the attic space which has never been finished. Um, but she had said that there was there was beds and there were children that were kept up there, what? And, and they were being kept there from uh, their father because their mother wanted to hide them away from him. And I was like, so their mother was hiding their kids, and I was like, was the father a member of the organization? Yes, he was a member of the organization. Then, anyone- so why would he? Have, <laughs> why would his wife have been hiding the kids at the at the fraternal building that he was a member of? from him <laughs> and also you may notice that this is as finished as this attic has ever been there's no way you could put beds up here there's nowhere um, but she mm. you know, just kind of anyways and then uh that one of the members had a secret and this is at the scottish Rite building and the secret was is that he he wasn't scottish and the member knew about it, and the, and the, the 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 leader of the organization knew about it but we're we're not Scottish. So Scottish, <laughs> Scottish is a total misnomer. Scottish Rite is French. It's French. It comes from France, and it's done from a time period when Scotland was a far off, kind of mythical place to France, and they incorporated Scotland in the mythology to have it have a mythical origin story. Yeah. And so a member not being Scottish would have been ninety nine percent of the members are not Scottish.
0: <laughs> it's probably the same percentage of Scottish Americans as there are Scottish Scottish nases Yes.
2: and and it was just kind of stuff like that that I was like okay this is really weird and I don't know where you're getting this from and she kept saying over and over that the spirits won't communicate with me because they're men and I'm not part of this fraternity and I was like well that's funny because there are actually women masons and if there were male masonic spirits here they'd be so used to dudes being around that as soon as a girl walked in here trying to communicate with them I bet they'd be Clamoring to speak to this, do you? So I have a hard time buying that they won't talk to you because they're Masons and they're men. I mean, did they provide um,
1: any evidence that resonated they with you? Still
2: haven't provided their final report and stuff like that. So as, as far as like what I re- what I received from their, their telepath, nothing really fit well. Um, huh. it, it didn't overlay well with anything that would have been a historical event or any account that matched up with anything that would have had actually transpired in the building anything passed down by our oral traditions within the membership nothing really matched up well and and then again like i said the whole idea of it the, the, the one that really got me was the, the last one she told me about the guy not being scottish and i'm like okay because i'm not scottish and so <laughs> it's not something we have to keep secret from each other there's no hardly any scotsman in our membership um, i'm not scottish i don't yeah. think
0: anybody ever assumed i was either <laughs> so I, I have a low,
2: low percentage of scottish but not that's not what drew me to it's kind of Scottish Rite as being a Freemason and it's a, free, it's mm-hmm. a Masonic organization mm-hmm. um, but I mean you're welcome to come and I'll give you a tour mm-hmm. of the building and see if you want to check out anything and see yes, what you can find in there
1: thank you, um, okay, they don't tell me any more about the okay. building
2: then. All right.
0: okay. I want Nate to taste my beer <laughs> beers
1: and ghosts
0: beers and ghosts <laughs> 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 it's pretty much all that you need in Portland, right? <laughs> love it
1: it's pretty good.
0: yeah, you like it?
1: Let me
2: smell it. Okay. I'm a beer smeller. What is it?
0: Coffee. It's the C-Note uh, IPA. Oh, okay. It's a 100 IBUs. It it's like the hoppiest yeah. beer they have. I feel like it's too hoppy.
2: I've had the C-Note. We used to carry it at the bar I worked at sometimes. Yeah. Um, that
0: would
2: make me so sick. <laughs> I don't think you should have any. <laughs> I'm drink it. Watch. <laughs> so do you wander cemeteries occasionally and check out what's going on there?
1: Occasionally?
2: All the time. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: yeah. you don't have to tell us your favorite cemetery you know because we don't want stalkers right
1: yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> I, yeah. we'll talk about that offline but okay. i have a question i want to i want to i want to uh so you do seances mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. frequently mm-hmm. Do yeah you? i remember
1: when you first asked me about
3: that yeah and you ago. gave me
0: a little bit of advice on one and i i tried to run a seance nate nate was there i don't think i did a super good job um but I'm just wondering, like, do you have a, a script that you follow, or like a standard format for your seance, or like, how do you, how do you do a seance? Good question. Um, like, let's say that somebody at home wants to do a seance
1: mm-hmm.
0: in their bathroom. You know, since that's where the ghosts hang out. <laughs> uh, like, what's the? Uh, how would they start? What props would they need? What do, What tools and how would they? How should they prepare?
1: Good, good question. Um, this is actually. A bit of a difficult question for me to answer. Um, I'm going to keep it topical because seances are so personal and they're so intimate. And okay. And they're so spiritual. And spirituality, true spirituality, is so intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it would be, my my answer would be the same as, you know, how to get into a deep meditative trance, whatever works for you. So okay. it's basically okay. uh, going to be a trial and error. Um with some people, uh, with the seance, it's going to be the same as um, using a Ouija board or a spirit board. Uh-huh. If you're doing an open call, if you're just wanting to talk to whoever, if you're just making a call out into the universe and hoping and hoping that somebody is passing by and wants to talk to you, um, there's going to be um, a little bit of a different manner to approach that as opposed to if you're doing something more specific. So you've got open okay. call work and then the specific call work, you know?
0: So. Uh, so, like, an open call work would be for, like, any passing spirit. Mm-hmm. specific call would be, like, if you wanted to contact, like, a specific person exactly. or a specific like spirit. Your
3: that I and then
0: can you in. also do, like, uh, locality-based mm-hmm. seances? Absolutely. So you can just be, like, spirits in the building sort of thing. And you yeah. must do that with your investigation yeah, stuff.
1: absolutely. And, and, again, it doesn't have to be limited just to um, necessarily spirits or people that have uh, lived and died you can talk to whomever Um, and the the digger the the deeper I dig into this um, and the, the more I practice my abilities and the more I'm researching and the that um, I'm being exposed to things. My thought process is changing. I'm being challenged from a personal level. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I love that because that means that I'm going to be hopefully a better researcher and I'm going to, you know, hopefully be able to answer, you know, my clients' um, questions better, you know, Mm -hmm. when they come to me. Um, So I am starting to actually um, see, not just uh, people, like the forms of people. I'm starting to be able to see more creatures. I'm starting mm-hmm. to see um, more entities or energies that are not human and that were not ever human. So mm-hmm. um, I started to pick up on that a few years ago, and I didn't necessarily know what they were. And again, trying to stay out of categories or titles, a lot of people um, will say, oh, it's you know, uh, an angel or a demon. I mm-hmm. don't like those words. I don't like the terminology. I stay away from anything that's Christian-based because, again, it connotate something good or something evil in those words are self-defining. So mm-hmm. it's looking at things through a theological perspective. Um, so to answer your question, um, I do not have a particular script that I follow. It's going to uh-huh. be the same as when I do board work. Um, I use, you know, a board every day, all day long, all the time. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, about, um, tapping into your, um, empathy skills and uh, letting yourself feel something before you open up your mouth is making more of an energetic connection. So um, you can always, you know, uh, some people want um, to use actual occult tools and props that help uh, you know, expound their own personal power like a witch and her pendulum or a wizard and his wand, a Mm -hmm. Christian and their Eucharist, a Catholic and their rosary. If you've got um, a personal item that you use that helps you, you know, hone into your own you know, basic mm-hmm. instinct, then by all means use it, but they're not necessary. We don't need them. They're just for fun because we yeah. are our own power sources. Um, so, no, we don't necessarily need to use anything, but it also depends if you're um, holding a seance with a group of people, um, understanding that different energies aren't necessarily um, going to mesh and that you're going to have conflicting energies and conflicting points of views and that mm-hmm. the spirit looking at things from the other realm from the other perspective they're going to catch up on that or they're going to feel that and that's going to confuse them so Uh uh, there's lots of different components so it depends if you're going to do it by yourself if you're going to do it with other people
0: it must be um it must be tough to arrange something like that with like people who have their own sort of practice too Mm -hmm. like yeah
1: yeah and it's fun because that's how even for me um I'm still learning, and I'm still growing, and mm-hmm. I love to be exposed to different methods and how different researchers and uh, different occultists uh, do one thing as opposed to you know what I was taught or what works for me, and uh-huh. that that's what true education is. And again, just allowing yourself to be open-minded.
0: We should do a séance, like we not, right totally do a seance. not right now. All right, right now? <laughs> no, not right this instance. <laughs> I, don't, I, I have some candles. <laughs> I
1: actually brought a, a tarot deck. I thought maybe it'd be a time that, that you would read for me because you're. Oh, sure.
0: Actually, I brought two. I, my bag always has stuff in it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I considered bringing a board, but a lot of people don't take kindly to that. So no, I mean
2: there's a weird conception about boards and I yeah what don't is up know. with that <laughs> I, I don't know because I mean I grew up in the era of the Parker Brothers Ouija boards so yeah I mean to the, me it's it was sold as a was, friggin game yeah, like and and when I was in junior high and high school this was just stuff that we did at parties yeah I think I like remember brothers it was a board game I mean yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I remember being like a kid and yeah. being over at somebody's house they had a Ouija board and we did it. I mean it was yeah, no big deal
2: like yeah. I've, and how people a are Ouija terrified of seen them and thought Oh, you shouldn't use that because that's going to be inhabited with this evil spirit. I'm like, well, actually the most evil thing that's within it is probably the worst parts of my own self.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So. Those are pretty scary. Right? They're not no,
0: pretty scary. They I mean, terrify I mean, me <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. So.
1: That's what's so funny. Um, <laughs> I get so many phone calls and emails and messages from people that are like oh my god Montana I need your help something happened it's really important and I'm like well shit what can I do for you and they're like okay I use my Ouija board and I'm like yeah that's great and what happened and they're like it fucking moved and I'm like and oh dear
2: god so yeah. and they're like
1: no the planchette <laughs> moved you don't understand I'm like and and <laughs> it's this, and they let themselves get so scared. And they automatically think that some sort of activity, something, again, something that is outside of the realm of their exposure, their mm-hmm. knowledge, their experience, is something negative. It's, you know, that it's something fear-based. And it's what <laughs> I don't understand. People talk about, you know, um, I, I love that people are, you know, being more open and more accepting to using boards and using occult tools because mm-hmm. they're necessary. They're amazing and they're beautiful and they're powerful. Mm-hmm. But... It's like picking up a phone call and or I mean like picking up your phone, dialing a number and letting it ring and then freaking out when somebody picks up the other end.
3: Oh man.
0: Oh <laughs> my god. You're telling me like,
1: Isn't that weird? Is your
0: ghost refrigerator running? Right. You gotta go catch it.
2: <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's the exact same
1: thing with using a board. You're making yeah. a call and you're you're getting scared when somebody answers your call. Shut up. It's
2: when you get into like the pendulum, the funny thing about it is it's a sensor that the Catholics use. The same exact object, yeah, and but yet using those circumstances is not a scary thing, but they're using it for the exact same purpose. They have a and, pendulum in here too, so yeah. and, and and so <laughs>
1: don't take it out, don't take it out. Why, why, no, why I'm it? teasing.
2: <laughs> what <Where's> if it moves?
1: <laughs> devil, devil. Yeah.
2: And because the Catholics use the sensors they're invoking the divine, they're they're mm-hmm. calling in the spirits, they're they're channeling it through this object, and they're not they're not usually not paying attention to which direction it's heading or trying to divine anything from it necessarily, but it's definitely working. and it's calling in the divine and it's burning Mm -hmm. that that incense and bringing in the the elements that invoke the divine into the room Mm -hmm. and then a witch sitting there using a pendulum it's not doing the same exact thing yes it is it's designed to put you in contact with the deep self
1: exactly
0: yeah i've only used pendulum a uh, a few times but it's it's interesting like
1: yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where, um, I'm starting to have more fun not using tools, just uh-huh. using myself, and we are our greatest instruments, mm-hmm. you know, just us, just me alone, you alone, but, um, I've been having a lot of fun lately, um, learning how to, um, into these things that I know how to do not using tools anymore so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so my, my research is, has taken a, a little bit of a, of a different
0: turn yeah that's I think that's a good skill to have I think for sure mm-hmm.
2: the, I think the ideal of the, the mystic is to get to the point where the things occur without them actually having to move physically to uh, act upon them Exactly. like you know, the, it's the, the, it's the increase force. of synchronicity <laughs> like when
0: synchronicity increases you're you're doing something mm-hmm. right so, yeah. yeah exactly No. Yeah. It's,
2: since we're so close to May the 4th um, it's the Star Wars element of it it's the idea that at some point you get beyond the actual physical need to interact with the universe around you and the universe interacts without you without you touching it
1: exactly hence the material was mm-hmm. comment yeah, yeah we don't need our human bodies like we just have to yeah. keep them fed to keep you know what what's inside of them healthy to get right, to where right. we're supposed to go next yeah it's
0: the the inner is more important or I mean I guess it's it's wrong to call it the inner <laughs> the, you know, the the I, I like to call it the imaginal. It's, it's the very, imaginal yeah. realm, the realm yeah. of the images and like
2: as above, some below. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so I have a question about pagan, mm-hmm. and what your oh yeah, of, what pagan your priestess definition of pagan priestess is. Um,
1: I became a pagan priestess. Let me think. How long have I been in Portland now?
0: Is it in a specific church? In a specific um, group?
1: Uh, yes. A strain um, of paganism. <laughs> um, it's with a, a pagan organization um, that had a small following um, in different parts of Montana, up uh-huh. north where I'm from, and um, they have since disbanded. And there was an incident with uh, one of the ladies where I didn't agree with her uh, method, something that came up, and I, I chose to no longer associate with her. So it, again you know as you, I, you
0: guys didn't have to have like an hex fight or something uh,
1: yeah <laughs> i had to kill her um, <laughs> but it's fine because she haunts me now so <laughs> so she she's she still one up me right yeah <laughs> <laughs> now i can't get her to leave um but yeah uh so there are um different organizations have their their different uh laws different rules different suggestions different policies and uh, with uh, becoming a pagan priestess with a specific, uh, specific organization that I was a part of, it wasn't necessarily again, um, i stay away from institutionalized religions i stay away mm-hmm. from things that are going to be boxed and limited, things that have too many titles and labels I think those are, are wrong, at least for me um, so uh, this organization was smaller it was uh, very well known though, and uh, the people that I worked with were uh, really high up and I respected them and uh, essentially it was uh, over, um uh, a lot of pagan organizations. If you study for one year, or if you study for two years, and you uh-huh. move up in degrees, like with you know other organizations. Um uh, so, yeah, um, I studied, uh, read all the books that I could find, uh, did my coursework, and I uh, worked one-on-one with a particular person, and got to the point where I was able to be given the title of vegan priestess. So. Cool. And I'm also um, an ordained minister, which means that I can also officiate weddings and mm-hmm. give a person their last rites, even though I would never do that, because...
2: Why not? Um,
1: I... Again, to say last rites means from like a, a Christian. Perspective. Well, I mean, it's the
0: last rites for the physical, right? Like, yeah. it's sort of guiding them into the next transition. I'd be like, yeah. "Have
1: fun, fucker. Good. Like, I'm jealous." <laughs> but I
0: mean, maybe that's the maybe that's the key. Maybe like administering last rites is you know like giving somebody their last dose of LSD or right. or or telling them amusing stories or making sure that they die laughing or right. you know like something like that. You know, like I like that. Uh, I mean, you know, there, I think that there's something to I don't know what they're are like six different. I don't know. You were a Christian. How many sacraments are there? How many different? Oh, wait,
2: that was Baptist. You guys sacraments. don't have that.
0: There's like baptism, yeah, christening, yeah, we don't. Uh, uh, marriage. There's 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 like six of them, right? I,
1: I should know this. I went to a Catholic college. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm like I don't know. Let's talk about Satanism. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> 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 but uh, but I mean, when you really look at them, like some of the like it's it's interesting because a lot of them have. Um, societal or cultural roles. So, like, you know, you have, uh, like, confirmation. I don't know if confirmation is one of the sacraments, but it's totally a coming-of-age ritual where you're sort of, mm-hmm. you know, accepted into the community or accepted into the mm-hmm. church for good. And then, you know, marriage is a particular...
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So so I think a lot of them kind of make sense. And I kind of like the last rites thing. It's, it, it feels... Because, I mean, it's a huge change. Mm-hmm. It's a huge and frequently super terrifying change for me.
2: The elements that I don't like about the, the last rites is the idea of confessing. So oh, yeah, that's that's exactly. It's the, fear-based. Yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely and I think fear-based. That's it's, and it's also manipulation-based, because exactly. now this priest knows all these deep, dark secrets that you've had of your entire life about all the people that you loved around you. So now he has tremendous amount of blackmail on all the people that are still alive from everything you just told him about the experiences of your life. Yeah. Sure. And this is something that the priests over the millennia have held over their citizens to blackmail them into various different things and keep their power.
0: Well, I don't plan on confessing anything on my deathbed. But oh, yeah. I tell you what, now that I've got your card, I'm going to tweet you when I'm dying. Be like, Montana, I need right. last I'm rights. I'm like, I'm on my <laughs>
2: way. Yeah. But, to me, How much LSD I, do you need? <laughs> all of it. I've always believed in the priesthood of the believer, so therefore God is aware of my sins. He knows my sins. He was there when I committed them. Mm-hmm. he's fully on board as to what's going on and all i have to just say is hey you saw what i did i'm sorry is yeah. that okay You've plus i mean you know if
0: you're part of god mm-hmm. you know you're you were god sinning against god to yes, begin with
2: exactly mm-hmm. i'm just the eyes and the, in the, in the, the <laughs> right. physical mm-hmm. manifestation of the divine so that's true if i and... screwed up he screwed up <laughs> right not my fault did it together or she <laughs> or she
1: yep she yep yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I um, actually uh, really like. One of the tenets um, behind um, Islam uh, that there is no hierarchy, like we see here in the Christian and the Catholic churches, that there mm-hmm. is no middleman. That um, let's say that um, I choose to be a Christian or a Catholic and I uh, you know, participate in confession. What you just said, you know, is it a, ma- a manipulation tactic? What does it mean? But with uh, Islam, um, they don't have that, and they mm-hmm. believe that your um, connection to God or to Allah is uh, more metaphysical, that uh, they are more divine, and I think that that's such a, a beautiful, beautiful part of Islam that's overlooked.
0: I think there are, and I might be totally wrong on this, but aren't there uh, Protestant churches that don't believe in confession also, right? like they.
2: There's a number of Christian churches that don't believe in, okay. the confession, in confessing to a priest, right? Yeah. Specifically,
0: but do you still have to confess to somebody else?
2: No, you don't know,
0: you don't at all. Like, it, it's, you don't it's like, just like call con- your best friend every time you masturbate. No, you I just know. masturbated. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Take some LSD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 just get in touch with your divine feminine. Um, but the uh, the a lot of the Christian religions you don't have to confess to a separate person, um, it's more encouraged for you just simply to accept the fact that you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and acknowledge the desire to do something better. Yes, and, which is
1: morality, yeah. not necessarily religion. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's what theology and spirituality is. It's, it's you know defining what morality means to you. You know what, mm-hmm. what it is that makes you a good person. You know what's going to motivate you doesn't necessarily mean you have to get run until your seekers to some middleman because who cares about that? Right.
2: I think right. In, in some of them there is the case of it being important. Important you verbalize it because then you're acknowledging it. It's kind of self-reflection. Um, And so, I think in a lot of the the Christian religions, that's the the idea is that you verbalize out loud the things you're sorry for having done, not to a person, but just simply to the universe and God, Mm -hmm. and ask their forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And that's where, at that point, the Holy Spirit's supposed to fill you, and you should fill the divine presence. And if you don't, you're going to (laughs) hell. But then I can read you your last right so you're fine. Okay, that's cool.
0: So, speaking of of heaven. (laughs) But not in not here. Not, not here. In public, not in the podcast. <laughs>
2: you have to ask for a lot of forgiveness.
0: Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So uh so did you see anything in the bathroom? I did not. No. Oh.
2: Dang. Nope, didn't feel
0: anything. Yeah. It's too new building. <laughs> no. Can't be
2: that new. I would think that in in Portland especially because we're one of the older cities along the West Coast that you'd have kind of a wealth of residual energy in a lot of these buildings and and i think especially the ones in downtown because some of those are the oldest standing structures would mm-hmm. be a, I, i'd be curious like how much you would encounter in downtown as you're just kind of wandering the streets because even there there's ley lines and all kinds of stuff going on below the city yeah, below. water sources and everything that are yeah. kind of flowing energy down through the city
1: yeah have you been to the tunnels
2: I've been in, I've worked in many places that were parts of the tunnels, and I've been in bits and pieces of them. I haven't taken any tours or anything. Oh, hey. Okay.
1: What about you? Have you done that? No. That would be fun for us to do together sometime. Yeah. I was down there um, not too long ago. Two months ago? Last year? Yeah. Week. I have no sense of time. I have a terrible memory. I don't know. <laughs> I was just there. Um, but it wasn't yesterday. It was before yesterday.
2: Yeah, it was before yesterday. I am extremely frequent at Kells, I won't say that I always go down the tunnels there every time I'm there, but I, I'm at Kells every week. But sometimes and he wakes up there. If there's <laughs> any stoppers <laughs> looking for me. <laughs> uh, no, I don't usually wake like up there. Maybe a few blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> After I've been shanghai Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: super cool. Um, yeah, I was there um, not too long ago um, with a. I'm, are you familiar with, um, James Tyson? That, that name? He lives in Canada?
0: Uh, no, I know of Donald Tyson, but not James Tyson. Okay.
1: Um, hi, James! Um, he was, um, in town not too long ago, and uh, he got a, a group of us together, and he uh-huh. um, ended up doing some energy work in the tunnels and i've been down there before but uh the group of people um that we had it was james and then um two other ladies and myself uh it was just it was so active and it was so much fun and mm-hmm. uh we had uh, we decided to have a dinner together in the restaurant afterwards and uh, we were there for hours and had a couple drinks and um had this really powerful uh, conversation about et's and different conventional dimensional beings and how mm-hmm. it's all connected and uh so yeah shanghai tunnels is amazing we should
0: totally check it
2: out okay we'll do that
0: yeah, yeah. We'll take the recorder it's yes. furry hat down there we'll
2: take the <laughs> um are you familiar with like the occult battle or the, the spiritual battle for britain that they did during world war Two? uh britain
0: what do you mean
1: specifically?
2: Um, so during World War II, there was a group of occultists that got together and.
0: Including like Dion Fortune, Dion Fortune and Aleister Crowley um, and uh, Gerald Gardner.
2: Joe no, no, he, he would have been too no, young. It was. It was uh, uh, I don't uh, Wait? No. No. The guy that wanted to be Scottish, but he wasn't really. McGregor Mathers. Oh, Mathers. And uh, um, a couple others. Wait, and, Mathers was dead by then. Wasn't he? I okay, that so. no, wasn't Mathers then. Might have been his. It was his one of the wife? other Golden Dawn. Uh, Yates? I don't remember. Maybe Yates. Anyways, so they they all got (laughs) together. Before yesterday. It was before yesterday. (laughs) I don't remember. They got together and they formed a magical coalition to oppose the occultism coming from the Nazi party. Mm -hmm. So they could try to go against the Nazi occultists that were were trying to build their energy and spiritual power for for Nazi Germany. And Mm -hmm. I would just be curious about trying to recreate something like that Except um,
0: that that required human sacrifice, like one of the people in the group had to volunteer. So like somebody, one of the people in the the cult battle for Britain on the British side was like some old, super old like traditional witch, and she's like, I'm near the end of my life. I'll give my life up to. Was that the
2: Invisibles? Huh? Was that the Invisibles? No,
0: that's I, I don't even any, know if it's I, true. I it's just a story that I've Invisibles? heard. I don't know if it's actually true. Did it
2: really the Invisibles? <laughs> I remember. Um, oh, that did was, happen in the invisible That was yeah. different. <laughs> but, um, well, we can we can use something like the cremation of care ceremony instead. Sacrifice a mythical. Yeah, mythical yeah. being.
1: Sacrifice. Yeah. Air quotes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Sure, axe battle, lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah,
1: I'm not. I'm not as Irish as I thought I was. I'm extremely Viking. So, oh, there's yeah. a lot
2: of
0: axes there.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> We could just time it to correspond with Burning Man, and that way there will be a sacrificial altar burning at the same time. I feel
0: like they're already using that
2: for something else, like startups. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> I think Burning Man, there's a lot of startups yeah. that do that at Burning Man.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Montana, do you have any questions for us? Like, mm. we've, we've been asking you lots of questions. You listened to Nate Ramble for, like, half an hour. And I'm so
1: sick of it. God, <laughs> I hate you guys. Um, I want to know, this question's for Nate, Um, with uh, the uh, Mason building in Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. um, have you had a profound possible paranormal experience, something that shocked you or confused you or left you surprised for a moment?
2: Oh, the one in Milwaukee? In Milwaukee, unfortunately, like, the lodge that I meet out there has literally just moved there a few months ago, um, and I've only been there a couple times. Well, I've been there a little, maybe over a little dozen times because of various meetings of different organizations there. We haven't been there alone very often. I haven't been there alone at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing I would say is that there is a beautiful energy that dwells within that building. Mm-hmm. Um, the process by which masons put other masons through masonry and make them masons creates a very beautiful, divine Energy in any space, and so and and, and and one thing that I that I have found, and many masons may disagree with me, is I feel it unifies the divine masculine and feminine elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that space has, and, and they, they also have an Eastern Star group, which I won't get into the de- details of that, but um, that space is cozy. It's just it it's feels cozy, really it's welcoming yeah. as a mason. I, out. Yeah. I walk in and I and I smell a familiarity of being at home. And so that, I would say, is the most profound spiritual thing I've experienced there is just that, that element of feeling like I'm in a sacred space that masons have used and respected and, and, our, and our co-masonic orders and things like that have been involved with in creating this, this building that still inhabits this ideal of spiritual enlightenment and the, seek for, the search for truth. So that, that, in that building, I would say that's what I've gotten there. Now, I mean, being the caretaker of a, of a of a Masonic building in downtown, which is very old, and I've definitely been there by myself on many many occasions, sometimes frequently late at night. Um, the thing I've found there is a profound sense of being connected in with this this egregore of like the goddess Columbia, um, of the um, the Portlandia goddess, these elements of our society that we've kind of let fall away, that we don't really acknowledge the the genus loci of these spirits that, of the areas that we inhabit the, the Native Americans and, and they, they understand very well because it's so intimately woven into their culture from the time that they're choking on that being in a space where these guys of 100 years have been coming and being there and leaving their energy and, and, and imparting their wisdom and, and doing these rituals on stage and things like that that we do, it really has a connection to history and an understanding that it's bigger, it's bigger than me, it's more, what what is, what's transpiring in the universe around is more important than me, but I have my own little piece of what I'm contributing to it, Mm -hmm. so, and I've had, like, a few unusual encounters of the, the, the extrasensory perception kind of nature, too, Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, but.
1: That was very well said. Um, It's been a while since I've been um, inside an actual uh, mason building, but uh, they're usually fun for the reason that you said, because I'm a girl, Mm -hmm. and they know that. Um, But uh, I agree with everything that you just said, um, what I know about uh, Freemasonry um, walking into, just not even walking into the building, but um, setting foot on the property. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. Like, you can feel it. And you can't really describe mm-hmm. what it is, but... Mm-hmm. The only
2: other organizations that consecrate a space in the mm-hmm. manner that we do are religious orders. And ours is, the, is one of the few that does it in a universal religious nature. Mm-hmm. So it's it's walking onto a universal territory. Exactly. It's one that all people of all faiths can come onto and not feel that there is any specific need to be of a certain religion. Yes, no titles. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's titles, <laughs> Well, it's not Hopefully, not religious are, titles. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's no religious titles, no. It's not yeah. it's revolving around other less important things.
1: <laughs> well said.
2: That was well said. Good job, Nate.
1: Good job,
0: Nate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so now I need to think of a question for you, Eric. All
0: right, you can take as long as you want. We can, we can cut out the quiet parts. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's
1: just sit here quietly for an hour and think.
0: <laughs> uh, I think we've got. How are the batteries doing? Oh, how are the batteries doing? I can't tell which one's the battery. It's that one. We're, we're cool. You got at least 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yay. Um, and what did you say you were drinking? The C note. That's right. Yeah. That's super hobby. Yeah. yeah, it is. I yeah. drink it super fast, which <laughs> totally wasn't a good Yay, idea. It's <laughs> <Garrett! laughs> <laughs> getting more fun.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I did uh, recently, um, I didn't conduct it. I was uh, asked uh, by a colleague to come and help him out. Um, This was just Recently, a few uh-huh. weeks ago, um, in a, an investigation at a dispensary in Hillsborough.
0: Oh, really? And like, that's. Is the, it an old building or is it.?
1: It is an old building. Um, that's the first time I've ever actually conducted an official investigation inside a dispensary. Uh-huh. And it was so easy. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was easy because. Um, Uh, all of the windows and everything are boarded up so you don't have to worry about uh, light contamination or Mm -hmm. you know possible light anomalies so that's already been taken care of and then the other reason is um because uh dispensaries already have their own surveillance system set up Mm -hmm. so there's already cameras everywhere so it was like we showed up there was like nothing for us to do but set up like some of our own little pieces of equipment and just walk around and like, uh-huh. like you know feel everything else all the so. ghosts are stunned <laughs> and they're so high
0: <laughs> talk about higher planes right yeah
1: i know I, I like kept hearing like bob marley play in the background i was like oh man yeah but no that was a lot of fun <laughs> But um, the client, the gentleman that owns the dispensary, uh, he was um, very pleased. Uh, mm-hmm. I told the boys not to, as usual, not to tell me anything about anything. I like to uh-huh. go in um, not knowing, because I, I like to continue to work on, on my own ability. So I want to uh, come into uh, an investigation not knowing any information
0: Yeah, so about you want to be the... kind of like as blind as possible, right? Exactly, so, you know, yeah. 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 So
1: then I just document everything, write everything down, try to correlate it later, and it was a lot of fun for me because, um, and it wasn't every single thing that I I felt or saw, but um, I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but this is what I'm picking up on. You know, does that resonate with you? And he's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, yes. So I'm like, okay, just give me a yes or no. So, you know, I know what Mm -hmm. direction to go down, right? Um, uh, So the client, when we left that night was uh, very pleased. So uh, that was, that was exciting. And he asked it to come back a second, if not a third time. So Mm -hmm. we'll be doing that soon. Cool. Yeah. Definitely.
0: That totally wasn't a question. <laughs> I'm <so> thinking. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Is this is totally going to turn into Anything. a question. What do I know about weed, and marijuana, right?
1: and ghosts? I know.
0: Nothing. I don't know. Okay. I
1: have a question for <laughs> you. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it was, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, sometime before yesterday, uh-huh. you sent me... A private message asking me about seances uh-huh. and then you brought it up again today um so seances are important to you is there somebody in particular that you are looking to contact
0: there's not um i think i'm primarily curious about them just from sort of a historical perspective because mm-hmm. in terms of like the the history of like american religion like uh you know seances are are primarily kind of tied to spiritualism which was a Totally American invention, and it's a it's an American religion that that went through this uh, period of a, incredible, you know, went into the public eye. You know, the Fox Sisters and they were like spirit rappers and uh, you know ectoplasm and like all this stuff. And for for probably like sixty years, it was it was really big in the news, and it was it was you know a new American religion. Um, and then it died out. I mean, because there were so many there were so many cases of fraud and stuff yeah. involved in it. But, uh, but the, the idea of the seance itself is really fascinating to me because, um, you know, assuming that, it, assuming that it works with people who aren't, um, I don't know what you want to call it, like, spiritually active or, or whatever, it's basically a way of, like, bringing about some sort of, like, group trance state that allows some sort of contact to happen. And so I was just kind of wondering if there was, you know, mostly I was thinking that there must be some kind of at least like an outline of a ritual or an outline of the, of the ceremony itself where you, you know, have like an opening and the calling and like, you know, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, like the way ceremonial magic works where you've got yeah. some, at least an outline of something.
1: Yeah, And there definitely are, you know, based yeah. off of, you know, different, um, cultures, different, different face. Yeah. yeah so. I
0: just, I, I wasn't able to really find anything very satisfying online. Um, I really don't think that, I really don't think that I did a very good job running the one that we did. Like, Mm -hmm. we only did it once. Um, And
1: I don't remember, remind me, like, did you do you feel like you got anything? Did anybody come through?
0: Not, um, not with any, like, definition. You know, we got maybe a trickle here and there, Mm -hmm. um, but I guess afterwards, in talking with the individuals who were involved afterwards, uh, I realized that there was a lot of, like, really disparate opinions about what we were doing and what our focus was and all of that kind of stuff. And and actually one of the main things he told me is like make sure the whole group is focused on one thing. Yeah. We weren't. We were we were like a shot then. Well a Z. I don't know if it
2: was a mystery
0: yeah, but it wasn't very definite. <laughs> you know, I mean nothing 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 was in there that made me feel satisfied that we'd actually contacted anything. Mm. But it would be I think it would be worth trying
1: again. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right, why don't you tell tell our listeners how to find you on the internet? Oh. Would you like to read off of your business card? On
1: the interweb? <laughs> <laughs> on the worldwide web? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm actually excited. Um, I'm glad you just brought that up because I will be making a big announcement soon. So my big announcement today is that I will be making a big announcement soon regarding how to find me on the world wide web so oh
0: i i uh i just received a psychic impression are you <laughs> finally getting a website finally
1: <laughs> <laughs> not so much getting it's it's i i have it's had been in it.
0: development for like two years yeah okay yeah okay.
1: exactly <laughs> yep so uh super excited so um that is uh, in the uh, final uh, stages of manifestation, mm-hmm. and I'll be making a uh, big announcement as to when, uh, when I'll be launching that very soon. All right. Uh, so super excited for that, and that's going to be a, a one-stop shop for people to find me on the World Wide Web. Cool. Um, but until then, um, I'm on uh, Facebook as Montana Jordan, and mm-hmm. I am on Twitter like a whore. I love my Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. can be found at K Montana Jordan. And uh, people can always uh, email me directly, um, katiemontanajordan.com. And um, I have a lot of uh, new, big, fun, exciting things uh, that are manifesting for 2018 and 2019. Super excited. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will because... Um, Eric was nice enough to come to my uh, last lecture that I held for Paranormal Pub at uh, the McMinimums Mission Theater in Uh Portland. Uh, That was last August. Um, I will be doing another lecture this August. Um, It's the last Sunday in August. I think it's the 27th or the 28th, something like that. I will be talking about uh, women and spirituality, uh, what that means, and what it means for me, and what being a pagan priestess means to me, and what paganism means from a female perspective. So, really excited for that. And then, um, yeah, a bunch of other fun stuff that will be coming up soon.
0: Great, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'll definitely come to your your lecture Yay. thing in August. That sounds that would fun. Be and that your listeners is where the battery died in our recorder just after montana finished giving her list of you know where can you find me on the web that sort of thing and just before we did so i want to say thank you thanks for sitting through that i hope that the quality of our conversation and the content made up for the poor audio quality i really promise that that's going to get better i'm getting a little bit better at editing already So you can find us on the web at myalchemicalbromance.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any other sort of podcasting service. I believe we're on most of them. If you are enjoying our podcast, give us a review. Go on to the iTunes website and review us and say how cool we are. And aside from that, I hope you're having a wonderful time. Keep on listening, and we'll be back soon with more.